Welcome to Keeping Up with Occupations, a podcast delivered by occupational therapy students at Gannon University. I'm Rachel, and I'm joined by... Anna. Anna. Stacy. And the topic of this episode is the dilemma of the doctorate in the world of occupational therapy. We will be discussing the potential transition to an entry-level doctorate program and the necessity to maintain the use of occupations in daily practice. So today we're going to be talking about some general information regarding the current drive to use occupations in daily practice and the potential transition to an entry-level doctorate. We'll also go over the pros and cons, some of our own opinions, and what impact we think this might have on keeping occupations as the main focus of our therapy. And then we'll leave you guys with some ideas that we came up with to ensure that occupations once again become the main focus of occupational therapy. So occupational therapy is exactly what it states, therapy through the use of meaningful and purposeful occupations. The OT world is constantly changing, evolving, and adapting. So recently, OT has gotten away from this core foundation of using occupation as the primary means of therapy. Instead, therapists are using a lot of activities or therapeutic exercise in place of important occupations. This trend continues like what separates us from other therapy professions. So there's been a real push to get back to the occupation-based therapy, which is the core of our profession. It's important to advocate for this at all levels from administration to the community and with individual therapists. We also will be discussing the transition to the occupational doctorate program for OT. Um, So to start, the original date for this transition was going to be in 2025, but it has since moved to 2027. So with that, there'll be obviously a greater tuition cost, a longer program for students to attend. Um, OT's knowledge will grow, but there is a lot of pros and cons with the transition, which we will get into. Um, Some of those include the expense costs, the limited trained faculty resources, fieldwork in college institutions to meet the needs of that doctoral program. And yeah, we'll get into more of that. All right, so let's start talking about the pros of the occupational therapy program as a doctorate program. What are some of our thoughts? Um, So with a move to an entry-level doctorate, there's really going to be a push for um, more research and evidence-based practice, which that's always good. Um, There's also, um, it was said that it would be geared towards kind of um, sharpening students' leadership skills. So that way they're more ready to get into the workforce. Um, what else? Oh, if there, um, if there's ever a chance of occupational therapy being able to do direct access, um, that's something that would be really good, but that's not currently in um, the world of OT right now, like we cannot treat people without a referral. So I think if that ever were to become a thing for our profession, then um, having an entry-level doctorate would be really good in that sense. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really important too that moving to a doctorate program would help advocate for our profession. A lot of healthcare professions are doctoral programs, except for us, we're still only a master's program. So I think moving to a doctorate program would help kind of boost our um, just our well-known being because many people don't know what occupational therapy is. So I think that would help put us out there in the line of all the health professions as well. And going off of that, Rachel, I think 
with that comes trust with the uh, a bunch of our um, healthcare cohort and also our patients that we'll see. Having that title will definitely just make us known more and then will also just keep us um, on the radar for good quality care. Yeah, I agree. So on the other side of that, uh, what do we think some cons to this transition would be? So I think one of the major cons for moving to a doctor is the trickle down effect it's going to have on CODAs. Um, CODAs right now kind of really, they implement a lot of our therapeutic um, ideas and interventions. And then, you know, if we move to a doctorate, what kind of happens to them? Um, do they move to a bachelor's? And then is the number of CODAs going to go down? Because we really, as a profession, we rely on CODAs a lot to provide the actual treatment since we are tasked with documenting so much on our daily treatments and things like that. And two with CODAs is they're not in every single setting either. And in some setting, there is only one CODA on the entire staff. So I feel like there's already a shortage where if we move to a doctoral program, is that going to cut the CODAs even more? Yeah, it also creates a problem because we still have um, like practicing occupational therapists that only have a um, bachelor's degree because this transition to a master's only happened, uh, what, in 2007, I think it was. Um, so then what separates these CODAs from being required to have a bachelor's and the licensed occupational therapists that are only practicing with a bachelor's? I think it's just going to create, um, like Shanda was saying, a big ripple effect um, and a lot of things that don't seem like they're really being talked about. Um, there's just this push to move towards a doctorate, but not a lot of talk about how this is going to impact, you know, just the entire scope of that transition. Yeah. And to kind of go off of that too is um, physical therapy, they're a doctoral program, but they also have PTAs. So their assistants are only have an associate's degree. So how is it really fair if we push CODAs to get a bachelor's degree as well? Because why would PT only want to get an associate's, but OT assistants have to get a bachelor's then? So I think that's something to also look into because I think people already struggle with choosing between PT and OT where if you have to be in school longer to be a CODA compared to be, being a PTA, that could weigh into the factor of people choosing which path they want to go when they're graduating high school. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing to consider too with our differences between and um, OTs with a master's degree is um, there's a lot of a lot of differences but to start we can perform evaluations so if CODAs are able to uh, or have to get their bachelor's and then that would suggest they could potentially be taking a lot of our roles um, and that can lead us into the occupational focus too with our profession um, what will distinct us between our CODAs and how will we keep that fine line because if we're doing an occupational therapy doctorate program we want to distinct ourselves with our education and with our with our specialties so hopefully there can be that distinct um, with the future programs and that universities put their students through yeah and going off of that too now granted this is a 
big if, but if CODAs did go and get their bachelor's, what more education mm-hmm. do they need to compete? Like they have to get two more years. So what else would their education be? Would it just be the prerequisites that they didn't get in college? Or would they be learning those evaluation tools that we are known to do rather than the assistant? I think that kind of would then make our roles the same. And then what's to say, what's the difference between a CODA and OT? And the whole reason CODA's that role was kind of established in the first place was to help alleviate um, all of the clients that we needed to serve. Um, So I think if there could potentially be like a shortage from all this, like I think that's just gonna create another problem again, but also our jobs are kind of gonna overlap more. And then it's just, I don't know, it really blurs the line of like who has what responsibilities. And um, I don't know, I think there's just a lot that hasn't been considered with this big push to make this transition. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting for sure if something happens. Yeah. <laughs> the last point I just wanted to make for that was I wish that uh, as students, we really have not been able to discuss this topic, I feel like, with some of the higher ups. So I think it would be good for um, like the accreditation faculty and people who are in charge of that decision to get our thoughts and opinions on the matter because we're the ones that will be seeing the effects of it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's so true. And I think a lot of times they don't really look at students' perspectives on things either. They just kind of do what they think is best, but it might not be. I think it's sad, but I think what it really comes down to is uh, you have a longer program, you're going to be paying more and institutions are going to be getting more money out of it. Whether that's their intention or not, I think that's really what it boils down to. And I think that's going to deter a lot of people from Um, going into it, knowing that they have to go to school, you know, six months to a year longer, have to pay all that tuition on top of um, if that were to also affect CODAs, that could deter a lot of them from wanting to go into um, that sort of education program as well. Plus the fact that the switch is going to happen, but what's going to happen to all these two-year schools that offer CODA programs now, they're not going to have enough time to um, get the accreditation or whatever it is that they need to have successful programs. Um, a lot of schools that have this now don't offer four-year, four-year programs, so that's going to completely shut down a program for that, you know, um, community college or whatever it is, and they're going to have to switch over to all four-year schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, here's kind of like my point. Um, so going to an OTD, like, they're really going to push, like, research at that level, but so as OTDs, we really need to focus more on the research as bringing in the occupations. Like that's how, I feel like that's how we would like tie in the OTD and remain occupation centered. Like we would have to advocate for the research to be on using those occupations to like fill kind of that gap that we're gonna be missing as far as like how the occupations have been slowly been pulled out and we're becoming more activities and um, like therapeutic exercise, even if we do lose CODAs, um, we're just hypothetically saying like they would transfer to a bachelor's, which that might not even happen on their level. So I think, yeah, I think at the OTD level, like it's really important that if we do go more research-based and we're that higher level that we need to advocate for pushing the occupations because that's really where we're starting to lose 
um, like traction as a profession in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think this definitely has impacts on this current you know, push to really keep occupations as the main focus, which is, again, another thing that I don't think is really being talked about. Um, if the goal or one of the goals, I should say, of going to an entry-level doctorate is to push for more um, research and also to kind of help with the shortage of OT educators, if that's going to be the main focus, then are we really helping to enforce the use of occupations in daily practice? I think we need to, um, you know, have some sort of um, piece of this new program be geared towards that, if that's such a big push right now. I was just going to add that um, something that distincts our program currently that we're experiencing is that push for occupation and client-centered practice. So years down the road, if we keep saying if, this doctor program does not focus on that, that overlap of in seven years or six years, we start seeing students come into the field, there's not going to be that um, commonality of, of knowledge. So we could conflict, you know, with, with how we treat clients and such. So that's its own issue. We don't mm-hmm. have to worry about right this second, but to think about. So I think um, another point I forgot to bring up was uh, physical therapists now have it in their scope of practice to do ADLs. And that's just crazy to me. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a big thing. So, I mean, if we get away from using occupations, which is, I mean, it's called occupational therapy, that's what we do, then it kind of makes our jobs obsolete. If there's other people that can do what we can do, then what differentiates us? So again, I think this is such a big... um, like movement right now that we really need to get behind more so than this transition. And if this transition seems inevitable right now, it's probably going to happen. So we need to come up with ways to really um, make sure that we're advocating using occupations in daily practice at the educational level, at the administrative level. Um, so I think we should, you know, end this conversation with um, maybe any ideas that we each have about um, how we can do this, like ideas that we can put out there to help um, with this transition to, you know, just really keep that focus of using occupations in daily practice. So what are your guys' thoughts? Well, I think definitely advocacy, like we keep saying, so how do we do that, whether it's participating in, you know, um, like government level OT things that some of us have have, um, gone to participate in, um, or just like joining Facebook groups, getting the conversation started. That's like step one. Um, But I don't know if anyone has other thoughts on that. I definitely agree with you. Advocacy is so important for our profession right now. A lot of people don't even know what occupational therapy is. Um, But I think we need so much more research involved in our profession as well to have evidence, evidence-based practice on these occupations that we're using in our interventions. Um, but I definitely agree with Macy that the advocacy for the profession is probably the number one thing that we need to do to keep the occupations the focus. I think if uh, these programs are obviously going to be longer for going from a master's to a doctorate, that we need to use that extra time not only for research, 
Um, but use it for either additional field work, additional projects, even classes geared towards um, just using occupations and centered around that. Um, I know like in our curriculum, we obviously are in a class that's geared towards using occupations, um, but I don't think a lot of other programs have that. So I think that's something to keep in mind too when they are designing these entry-level doctorate programs. Yes, I agree. All right, well, I think that's all we have for you guys. Thank I think that was a very good conversation to kind of give an overview of what's to come in our profession and things that we can do to kind of change and advocate for our profession. Yeah, I think if there's one thing to take away from this is just really um, advocate at all levels, but especially at you know administrative and educational levels, because I think that's an area that's being missed right now. Yes. Alrighty. Well, thank you all for listening and tune in next time on keeping up with the occupations. Bye. Bye. Work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard. Work, 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 work. work.